Thank you, Katie, and good morning. It's great to be in uh, worship with you today. Let me ask you a question as we kind of move um, into the message. If I uh, was your boss and I gave you an assignment but did not give you the resources to accomplish that assignment, what would be your first thoughts and maybe even your first words? Keep it holy. Okay, no, just here. What'd you say? I'm fired? Okay, all right. Yes. You're kidding me, all right? Somebody else, just um, if I gave you an assignment but did not give you the resources to carry out that assignment, like I'm fired, you're kidding me, um, like you got to be like out of your mind. What, what else would you think if I said that? Yes. I'm sorry? Unrealistic expectations. How am I going to get it done? What's that? Google. Dude. Okay. You're going to go back to TikTok when he leaves. That's how serious you think he is or she is. So, well, that's interesting because I think when it comes to spiritual maturity and growth, I think we think that God has done that to us. I think we think that God has said, I want you to grow. Here's the standard. The standard is Christ-likeness. The standard is the kingdom of God growing in your heart. The standard is development, lifelong development. And I think that we think that God has given us these high, high desires and expectations, and he's not left us with the resources to carry them out. I think sometimes we think that, God, you're crazy. Amen. Somebody said that. Like, God, you're crazy. You've left us here to do this thing and not left us with the resources to do it. Maybe we say that, okay, I'm just simply going to go back to TikTok because, God, you've not done that. And yet, God is not that capricious. God is not that cruel. We talked about last week that God has expectations for us to grow. He desires us to grow. He's placed his seed in us, but we cover that seed with so much, and that seed is trying to break through the ground. And God says, I have given you resources. I have given you resources to grow. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the resources that God has given us to grow. So there are no excuses for us not to grow to spiritual maturity. So that there are no excuses for us not to grow in our walk with him. And God is not some um, cruel, mean God where he says, try it out on your own. I've not left you with anything to grow. So here is... Here's the larger, um, the larger idea. God supplies the resources for spiritual maturity. 
God supplies the resources. We don't have to do it on our own. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to muscle up and and more effort and more effort. Even though it takes effort, God has supplied some resources for us to grow. Listen to the passage, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us uh, called us to his own glory and excellence. I want you to, that, that first part of the verse, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That, that, that's very clear that God has not left us without resources to grow. Here's another passage, John 1, verse 16. From, for from the fullness, or from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. So God has provided his, not only his divine power, but he's also provided grace upon grace for us to grow. Now, if we're not growing, it's not because God has not given us the resources to grow. So I kind of liken God's um, resources for us to grow like a, like a treasure chest. And treasure chests are filled with jewels and gold and all kinds of things that, that make us rich, so to speak. And God has also left us with all kinds of treasures, all kinds of resources for us to grow in our walk with him. Now, I'm going to let you know, this is, this is full admission. This message is painstakingly basic. It, it, is, it is fundamental to what it means to grow. Now, if you're saying, man, where's the deep stuff? This is the deep stuff. So if you ask any football, baseball, basketball coach, and I played sports, and my coach would always tell me, Marvin, go back to the basics. If you're playing the infield, make sure you're low, keep your glove to the ground. If you're whatever it is, and for those of you who've played sports, it is the fundamentals that actually help us to progress. It's not all of the glitz and glamour, it's the fundamentals. And so this is painstakingly basic, and yet I believe we need the basic and the fundamentals. So here's the thought. Every follower of Jesus can grow, can grow to spiritual maturity by understanding and appropriating the resources that God has supplied. So God has supplied some resources. And so I have a treasure chest here. And again, there's no way, there's no way we can grow if we never open the chest. There's no way we can ever grow if we never appropriate the resources that God has given us. And so what I've done is uh, I'm going to give you the point and the passage, and then I'm going I'm to show you an object, something that's in the treasure chest to help us to be reminded of the resource that God has given us. All right, so, so what are the resources that God has given us? Well, the first one is God supplies us with the desire to grow. 
Now, that's a resource that sometimes I think we may miss because most times we cannot grow and we do not grow because we don't have the desire to grow. So we, we need a deep desire for us to go after the things of God. And so God supplies us with the resource of desire. Listen to the verse, Philippians, one of my favorite verses, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now that word, it says both to will, that word will means desire. That God is working inside of every believer. If we allow him to work, he is working inside of you. He is working inside of me. What is he doing? He is actually giving us the desire to desire him. Most days, a lot of days, I don't desire God. And if you were honest, you don't either. So that's the reason we have to ask the king of the universe, God, give me something that I don't have. I don't desire you right now. So give me the desire to desire you. And so the first resource is desire. And there there is uh, a guy by the name of Ronald uh, Rollheiser president of Oblate School of Theology, this is, he captures this sentiment like this. He says, we want to be a saint, but we also want to feel every sensation experienced by sinners. We want to be innocent and pure, but we also want to, want to be, uh, we want to, uh, want to be experienced, we want to experience and taste all of life. We want to serve the poor and have a simple lifestyle, but we also want all the comforts of the rich. We want to have the depth afforded by solitude, but we also do not want to miss anything. We want to pray, but we also want to watch television. We want to pray, but we also want to read. We want to pray, but we also want to hang out with our friends. And he says, it's a small wonder that life is often a trying enterprise and that we are often tired and pathologically overextended. And yet we have a God who gives us desire. Listen to C.S. Lewis captures the same thing. He captures the same thing that Roheiser says, our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what it's meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. And I think that we miss what God has for us because we do not open the treasure chest and we do not ask God for desire. So when I think about desire, okay, where is it? Okay, there it is. When I think about desire, I think about a flame. Fire. 
purple rain, purple rain. I'm just kidding. I think about the desire from this flame. This desire means passion, or this this flame is about passion. This flame is about something deep inside of us that we may not have right now, and I cannot get there on my own, so I need the God of the universe to give me a desire to desire him, a desire to desire his word, a desire to, to, uh, to desire to pray, a desire to be among his people. And so the prayer that you and I ought to pray every day, God set me ablaze. God, give me a desire to desire you. I am the child playing in the slums with mud pies, and yet I miss that there's something you have greater for me, but I don't desire it. I desire TikTok more than I desire you. I desire social media more than I desire you. I desire hanging with my friends more than I desire you. So God, would you please set me ablaze? Dip me in the oil of your spirit and set me ablaze by your power. So that when I read, I'm reading from desire. Now there are days, there are days where we read and then the desire comes. There are days we pray and the, pray, the desire to pray comes but, but there's, a, there's something deep inside that God wants to give us. And the first resource is desire. It's in the chest. So when was the last time you asked God for the desire to desire him? When was the last time you asked God for the desire? God, let me, give me the desire. I don't feel like, and it's okay to be honest with God. God, I don't feel like reading the Bible today, but would you please give me the desire? God, I don't feel like praying today because I don't even think you're there. Would you please give me the desire to to trust you and believe you? God, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like hanging out with people that I don't like. But would you please give me the desire to get in my car and to drive to the house of God and sit and, 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 and be um, and connect with people who love you and maybe they have something to say. So God says, pray for desire. Pray for desire. So that's the first resource. The second resource is found in that same verse. Same, uh, in that same verse, the second resource is God supplies us with the will to carry out his desire. So listen to the verse, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 again. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will, that's desire, and then, and to work for his good pleasure. So God is at work in every believer, giving them the desire Number one, and then he is in work in every, in, in, at work in, in the heart of every believer, giving us the will to carry out the desire that he just gave us. So God says, listen, I got this thing hooked up so good. Like, I'm not just giving you desire and just letting you go. I'm giving you desire, and then I'm going to supply you with the power to actually carry out the desire that I just gave you. God is not a capricious God. He says, I will give you what's needed for you to grow. It is about 
It is about, um, it is a, it is about surrender of my will and your will to desire God. So, so, so when I think of that, that there, I am making so much noise. Probably should have done a better job in putting this back in the box. When I think of um, the work or the will to do God's desires, I think of this power strip because the word for work there is energy. So God says, I am going to give you the desire and then I am going to give you the energy to actually do what I told you to do. And so, um, so this is... This is, okay, so actually let's do this. Shine, light. Everybody come, I mean, maybe, maybe it takes more than my voice. Everybody says, all right, one, two, three. Okay, that's, that's not working, right? What'd you say, Al? Plug it in. You just preached a sermon and you didn't know it, Al. You just preached a sermon. You just preached a sermon because, okay, now, so we got power, it's blue. All right, so everybody with me again, shine light, okay. Right, one, two, three, shine light. What's wrong? Oh, there it is, yeah. So, so, so God says, I am going to set you ablaze with desire, a desire to desire me. And I'm not going to leave you on your own. I, I need you to plug in, but not only do I need you to plug in, I actually need you to turn the energy, the power on. And I believe there are so many believers today that we're walking around, we have power, but we're living powerless lives. We're not plugged in, and we're not turned on to what God desires. And as a result, we live defeated lives, and we live under the circumstances as opposed to above the circumstances. We have a a very, very narrow perspective, and we believe that God has left us alone. But God says, in my treasure chest is the resource of desire, and in my treasure chest for you is the resource of of power to turn on that desire. Does this make sense? So that's the second resource. The third resource is God supplies us with the spirit to help us grow. I told you this is so painstakingly basic. The God, God supplies us with the spirit to help us to grow. Listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 
In other words, the moment you and I became believers, and again, if you have been around church a long time, you know this stuff, but I think there's something about going back to the fundamentals. When you, uh, when you became a believer, God gave us the spirit, his spirit. Why? So that we might walk in steps, so that we might grow, so that we might be challenged and changed and transformed, so that we might experience the conviction of God, so that our lives might be different. If we're living this way, he moves us to live a different way. And the Spirit of God is the gift of God to us, living inside of every believer. He's in the treasure chest, but he's also in our lives as a resource to help us grow. And you and I have to take advantage of the Spirit of God. I could have very well used the power strip for the Spirit of God. But this is, this is oil. This is olive oil. One of the signs of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the presence of the Spirit of God, the power of the Spirit of God. And, and this reminds me that God has given us a gift, and that gift, we're to take advantage of it, of him every day. He wants to empower us. He is longing to empower us. He, is, he, is, he, is, he desires to lead and guide us, to give us discernment when we get ready to make decisions about our jobs, when we get ready to make decisions about who to marry and what job to take and what school to go to. He longs to lead us and guide us. And guess what? The living God of the universe is living inside of every believer. You and I have access to God. And yet many days we grieve the Spirit by not calling on him. So the question that we should, or the the prayer we should pray every day, I think, is, Holy Spirit, fill me. I'm weak. Fill me. I'm confused fill me. I'm angry, fill me. I'm tempted, fill me. My marriage is breaking down, fill me. I don't know how to thrive as a single, fill me. I'm working on this research project, God, and I'm confused right now. I don't know, and I'm not making any headway. Please fill me. I'm about to go into a meeting. It's a tough meeting. Holy Spirit, fill me so that I might keep in step and grow. It's a resource that God has given us. I got to take this back home because that's Tanya's, and so I got to take that back home. But it should remind us that the Holy Spirit is present with us. The Holy Spirit is our thermal draft. And what I mean by that... um, uh, birds of prey, like eagles, uh, golden eagles, bald eagles, ospreys, they do not flap their wings, per se, like geese. Geese, they are just like, oh, 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 I'm tired, eh, eh, I'm tired. But golden eagles and bald eagles, ospreys, you know how they fly? 
they actually are waiting for a thermodraft, a column of warm air that lifts them higher and higher so that they have a greater vision so that they can find their prey. Now, the Holy Spirit is our thermodraft. We're not looking for prey, but we are looking for him to lift us up so that we can see life from God's perspective and not our perspective. We're asking him to lift us up, give us vision. That's a song we sing. Father, give us vision, give us vision so we can see what you see. And so every day we wake up, Holy Spirit, give us a thermodraft so that we might see life from your perspective. That is another resource that God has given us. Here's a fourth resource that God has given us, and that is God supplies us with prayer to help us to grow. I just, I feel like, man, this is so basic Prayer is a gift for us. It is a resource for us talking to the God of the universe. He has opened the door through the life and blood of Jesus for us to enter into his presence every day and talk to our father. To climb up on his lap and say, Dad, this is what's going on in my life. And you and I can take advantage of that resource. Listen to what the text says. Pray, this is 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Though prayer is a means by which we get some, some things from God, prayer is about building fellowship and closeness to God. It is through the death of Jesus that he opened the way for us to have a communication, have communication with God. So when Jesus died, remember the curtain in the temple was torn in two, a symbol of people no longer had to go to the priest, but they can now go directly to God for themselves. And you and I have this privilege. And this is... This is a prayer shawl, and Jewish men wear this shawl, and they wear it for um, a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons they wear this is they wear it over, some, some people wear it over their shoulders, but the men wear it over, you, if you go to Israel, you'll see them, they wear it over their head. And the reason why they wear it over their heads like this, what they're doing, they're making a tent of intimacy to talk to God. So that's kind of what it looks like, right? It kind of looks like this is a tent of intimacy. And even if you go back to the Old Testament, Moses went inside of a tent, Joshua was with him, and it was a tent of intimacy. And prayer is just that. It is an intimate conversation with our Father, telling him, all that we are dealing with. God, man, I am really struggling to pray. Would you give me the desire to pray? Would you give me the will to carry it out? I'm really struggling right now to deal with the stuff in my life. Go to your closet, go to your tent. 
Now, you don't necessarily need a prayer shawl to do that. It's just one of the things that, that helps to remind me that we have access to God every day, all day, anytime. You don't have to come to church to pray. You can pray in your car. Your car can be your prayer shawl. Your kitchen can be your prayer shawl. An actual closet can be your prayer shawl. Or you can actually go and you can pay for a prayer shawl and get one and and use it as a reminder that God is calling me to intimacy with him. God says, I'll speak to you and I'll grow you and I'll help you to understand a little bit more of what it means to follow me. So, um, during the month that I was off, I spent a lot of time thinking, spent a lot of time praying, and, um, and combining all of these together from, um, from desire to will to the spirit to prayer. As I was praying one day, I just simply heard the Spirit say to me, your desire, I sensed him saying to me, your desire is, uh, is weak. And I began to forage through and rummage through my heart. Like, okay, what's, what's up with that? And he says, like, like social media, even though it can be super, super um, productive and helpful. And yet there are other times it becomes a distraction and a waste of time. And I could sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, this is your waste. This is your distraction. So what I want you to do, I want you to take all of your social media apps off your phone. You got to be kidding me. That wasn't the spirit. That wasn't, that, that's not the spirit of God. It's, and I want you to take all the social media apps off your phone. Because it is your distraction. Now, again, I have no idea what, what the spirit of God might say to you. But what I sense him saying to me is that it's a distraction. It's a waste of time. Because I found myself scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 30 minutes later, scrolling. You get caught up in some TikTok video, scrolling, and then it leads to another one, and then another link, and then another link, and then if you're on IG, then it's a reel, and then there's another reel, and then there's another reel, and then you start following this person, then you're, before long, you're watching everything they produce. Which, which again, again, I am not railing on it. I'm just saying it can be a major, major distraction. And so I took all of my social media apps off my phone. And it was life-giving. And then I sensed the Spirit of God saying, the news is next. The news is next. Because if you notice, and again, please hear me, I am not, this, this, I am not, I am not coming down hard. I'm just saying that if you notice, 
that it is, if you're watching the nightly news, it is 25 minutes of negativity and five minutes of a feel-good story at the end. You cannot, you cannot, listen, you cannot grow by feeling, you're filling your mind and your heart, my mind, your, my heart with negativity all day and then expect a five-minute Bible study to change our lives. We cannot take in all of the junk and then come and listen to a 30-minute message and say, oh, I'm good. It doesn't work that way. So I, I, I and, and, and I don't have, I, I know there's neurological research, but I have anecdotal research to back it up. So a couple of weeks ago when I, posted something on Twitter. I posted a, an illustration about John Woolman. John Woolman, uh, in the 1700s, he was a textiler, he was a tailor, and Jesus was so prevalent in his life, and he wanted his entire life to be uh, pledged and devoted to Jesus. So you know what he did? So John decided not to buy any cotton from slave owners who were picking cotton. And it nearly ruined his business and so I posted that little illustration on Twitter. And so someone that I knew, now again, it was just an illustration about the allegiance of Jesus, having an allegiance to Jesus. And so this individual responded by saying, well, racism is a symptom and not the major problem. I said, what? So I text him, I, I messaged him back and said, dude, it was just an illustration. It had nothing to do with that. And then his response was, listen, I am so sorry. I just started watching the news again. <laughs> you tell me that it doesn't have an effect. It does. So I sense the Spirit of God telling me, go on a negativity diet. And part of the negativity that fills our lives, social media and the news. Now again, please hear me. The news will try to convince you that they are non-biased. Both sides. The reality is it's not. It is this book that helps us to fly above the fray. And a good friend of mine who's in this room right now, he's, I don't know, he's not watched the news in I don't know how long now. And he says, it's a breath of fresh air. And he inspired me along with the Spirit of God, uh, inspiring me as well to say, hey, like, like this is bad for your spiritual growth. This is unhealthy for your spiritual growth. I apologize for sitting there that long. I needed to pastor a little bit there. It is just, if, if we're called to grow, then we need to do everything possible to move everything out of the way so that we can grow. Number five, God supplies us with his word. 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So when I think of that verse, when I think of the word of God, I am for, no, I'm just kidding. I think of this sledgehammer because the sledgehammer is designed, God's sledgehammer, the word of God, is designed to break up the junk in our lives so that we might grow, to break up the pride, to break up the arrogance, to break up the, um, the, the, the immorality, to break up the greed. And God uses the hammer of his word to do that, to reprove us. To rebuke, to rebuke us, to shape us, to mold us. And yet, he does something else. He comes along, and he gives us honey, the honey of his word. This feels tough sometimes, like, oh, God, this hurts. And he, sometimes he comes back and says, but I'm going to give you the sweetness of my presence. I'm going to give you the sweetness of my comfort. Uh, my comfort. I'm, you're, going to, you're going to taste my word. It's going to be a right now ready word for you, and it's going to show up exactly when you need it. It will taste like honey. So God gives us in his word both the hammer and the honey. And then let me give you this last one. And I'm done. God supplies or God allows tests and trials to help us to grow. Wait a minute. You mean tests and trials are a resource from God? Absolutely. Listen to the text. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And James reminds us, he reminds us that through tests and trials, that God grows us to spiritual maturity. Adversity builds character, and character helps us to be ready for anything that comes our way. Most days we are not ready for anything because we have not grown and our character cannot handle it. Though we don't like them, the sour moments of our lives are designed to help us see and know God better. If we have that perspective, then every single adversity that comes in our lives is viewed as a growth moment and not a moment that is meant to crush us. But many of us, myself included, spend time asking God to deliver us, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I wonder if the better prayer is one of perseverance and endurance. I wonder, there's nothing wrong with praying for healing, there's nothing wrong with praying for deliverance. But I wonder if the first prayer should pray, that we should pray is, Lord, help me endure. Help me persevere. Help me to learn. Because it is in those moments 
we learn the most. It is in those moments where God calls us to trust and depend. There were plenty of times in my children's lives, and even to this day, I could have delivered them, but I chose not to deliver them because they would not have learned the lesson that God had for them. I spent more time, Tanya and I, asking questions as opposed to giving them the answers. I know there's something deep inside of us. God, give me the answer. Give me the answer right now. Deliver me right now, please. I can't stand this. And I, please hear me. I hear that and I understand it. And yet the better growth doesn't come from instantaneous deliverance. The better growth comes from moments where God says, I am with you. Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Somebody say, ooh. They say it's supposed to be good for you. And I don't even have a chaser either, so. <laughs> oh, that burns. Eat the honey. Eat the honey. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sometimes God serves us up or allows these things to happen. And it's really in those moments, God says, I'll be with you. In your deepest waters, darkest nights, you'll hear my voice say, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Here we grow. If you don't want to grow, then probably another church would be your best bet. But here, we grow. Eric Luttrell, Navy SEAL, was in Taliban territory a number of years ago. Him and several of his comrades. They saw several shepherd boys and um, they did not kill the shepherd boys. They let them go and, um, and said, hey, we, we don't want to shoot them. We'll just let them go. What the shepherd boys, shepherd boys did, they went and they told um, the Taliban. They were bombarded with, they took on fire. All three comrades were killed. Eric Luttrell took 11 shots, fell off a cliff, broke his back, broke his pelvis, bit off part of his tongue and swallowed it. He's in a place where he did not know and he wondered if he would make it. 
He was seven miles from a safe place. And he said to himself, let's go. So what Eric Luttrell did, he took a rock and he drew a line. And once his feet crossed that line, he drew another line. And once his feet crossed that line, he drew another line. And he drew another line, and another line, and another line, and another line. For seven miles, he drew a line, and he made it to safety. For us as followers of believers, as followers of Jesus, it's about time we draw some lines. Whether it is, it is reading my Bible for five minutes, maybe that's your line. Maybe it's prayer for five minutes, that's your line. Maybe it's coming to church, maybe if you've been coming to church every other month, maybe it's every other week. Draw your line and draw your line, draw the next line and the next line. The Spirit of God will empower us to grow. But we have to make up our minds that we desire to grow. Grow in prayer, grow in Bible reading, Bible study, grow in disciple making and being disciples, grow in fellowship and community. Draw your line. And then once you cross that line, draw the next one. Maybe it's getting up five minutes earlier. Maybe that's your line to spend five extra minutes in prayer. Maybe it's getting up 10 minutes earlier to read your Bible. Maybe that's your line, draw your line. Maybe it's, maybe whatever it is, whatever you sense the Spirit of God telling you, draw your line. When you cross it, draw another, and then another, and then another. And watch God bless your efforts. Elders and prayer team members will be down front to pray with you, but I want to close us in prayer now. So, Father, thank you for the resources, chest full of them, desire, power to carry out your desires, your spirit, prayer, your word, and even troubles. And in this moment right now, we confess and repent that we, sometimes we don't desire you. And we don't even desire to desire you. So in this moment right now, in this room, in the silence of this place, we ask for greater desire. Not only do we ask for the greater desire, but we ask for your power spirit's power to carry out what you've placed inside of us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your people who, who are here. Thank you for people who are not even here yet, who will give their lives, surrender their lives to your son. We even pray for them now as well. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lead and guide us this week. Help us to grow to spiritual maturity. Pray this in Jesus' name.
amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later.